Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> <laughs> episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my good brother from the Bullet Cast, it's Philip. How's it going, Philip? Huey, it's Saturday night. I've watched Full Gear. <laughs> you are still the Bullet Cast champion. Um, I was listening to Michael Jackson before this. Do you, do you know what Michael Jackson, Levi Shapiro, and I all have in common? Um, wow. I mean, besides, hmm. We're all timeless. Wow. I walked into that one. <laughs> I definitely walked into that one. <laughs> How you doing, bud? I mean, we haven't done a podcast together in like three weeks, bro. It's, it's been a little bit. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. So in case anyone's listening right now who did not catch our Instagram live earlier today, which, by the way, that was a lot of fun. That was that was my, my second time doing an IG live over on In The Click's uh, Instagram page, which is why you should follow us at In The Click on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. We do our best to just, you know, put a lot of posts out there covering all aspects of professional wrestling uh but earlier today we did an instagram live you and i doing our predictions for aew full gear which is what this episode's all about i'm sure that's why you clicked on the podcast to listen to it download it right now which by the way please subscribe to in the click on apple podcast spotify google podcast or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and um uh, uh, so today, yeah, we did our predictions beforehand. And so, like I said, this, re- this is going to be our full review of AEW's big pay-per-view today, full gear. We'll get into it as far as breaking down the show itself, breaking down all the matches, what we liked, what we didn't like, the highlights, some lowlights, all that good stuff. But yeah, which another reason why you need to follow us on Instagram earlier today, we did our predictions. It was a lot of fun. I, it was our second time or second time that I done it. I did one. I looked it up. It was back end of August. Uh, it was talking about uh, Takeover uh, Thirty One. I think it was predictions and looking ahead to the WWE draft and like predicting who's going to go to Raw or SmackDown. And it was a lot of fun. I, I, I think it's a great way to interact with the clicksters out there. Get some interaction, social interaction. You know, for the algorithm and whatnot. And so you, t- uh, you and I today did. It was my second time doing it. And it was a lot of fun, and uh, that video also got shared on our YouTube page and then put that on Facebook and Twitter as well. So, um, yeah, man, it was good talking to you earlier today. Here we are, round two for the day, talking about AEW Full Gear, and uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Uh, But uh, as I mentioned earlier on Instagram Live, I do apologize for uh, lack of AEW presence 
or coverage on this podcast. Uh, a lot going on this past week with, uh, you know, I work at 1077 The Bone and we're the flagship of the Niners. Had a lot of stuff with the Niners going on this week with the Thursday night game. And then also with the election stuff going on, all the coverage, it was just mentally draining, everything going on. Even though today, finally, we have a day to celebrate. Congrats once again to uh, Biden and Harris being elected into uh, office. Um, But the week before, like, not to get too personal, but it was a lot of, like, quote, adulting stuff I had to take care of, like stuff at work, benefits and and car repair stuff and and. Uh, some other stuff, like I said, I want to get b- b- bore you guys with all that. Listen, we're all got our own personal stuff to deal with. So it was just a lot going on the last couple of weeks. So finally, you know, now we can take a deep breath, breathe again. <laughs> so, but no, Philip, I have missed talking to you on a weekly basis. So, uh, I think moving on forward now, let's get back into the groove of things. I'm all for that. Or, you know, you can just get rid of Richard and keep me on WWE podcasts and people can get a double dose of the Messiah. <laughs> wow. Maybe you guys got to battle out like uh, Jericho and MJF. Winner moves on to in the click solely. The other one out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll beat him. I'll bring the bullet cast nation with me. Oh, man. We'll be unstoppable. You're going to walk out with that championship, hit him in the head, knock him out, go for a roll-up pin or something. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, if I'm going to hit him with a title, I'm going to be old school about it, brother. Wow. So, wait, where'd you get that NWA television championship? Are you ready? Take a guess. Take a wild guess. I Honestly, did Zicky Dice just give it to you? No, I mean, Zicky and I, we are tight like yeah. that. Yeah. The, the Pope has the real one. Well, okay, well, okay. Yeah. Wait, so... Uh, where, Amaz- where? Amazon. What? Yeah, dude. No way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What? That's awesome. I know. It was pretty cheap, too. So the one you have... I uh, see. I know you and I were filming this right now. I don't think this might see the light of day other than for you and I just to look at each other. Uh, I've almost got the full office set up here at the Casa de Del Mar, uh for uh, doing the podcast solely from here. Now um, I got to get a couple more equipment related stuff, but I think I'll be able to start doing some more video streaming in the near future. Um, but yeah, in the video, if, if we should save this for a future video, but uh, uh, for me, I'm I'm watching you right now, so I can see the title. The strap is red, and I mean, because there's different variations of the NWA t- TV title. I know the one that was currently lasting, like an NWA Power. It had the black strap, if I remember correctly, and then on Primetime Live, when Zicky dropped it to the Pope, that had the red strap. So I, I, I like not to break kayfabe, but I was like, is that the real one that we saw in NWA Power that Zicky had to drop? Or was that another one that they had to use? Maybe the one he wore on TV is somewhere in Atlanta, Georgia. And so they had to use a temporary one for the show. Like, I, I have all these questions. And I don't know if anyone will actually tell me the truth and break kayfabe. Well, I don't, his promo pictures from when he first won the title uh, back in, what was it, January? Then yeah. The- the title was red, so it's was that red? Yeah, it's, okay. the, it's the same one. Plus, if you go back to like the eighties when Tully had it, it, mm-hmm. it was red. So you know, it's that's kind of the historical contents with it. And that's what even kind of inspired Tony Khan when he brought in the AW TNT Championship. He wanted the red strap, 
as a kind of paying tribute to the NWA TV title. So that's why we've seen the red strap since its debut on earlier this year on Dynamite and whatnot. So uh, that's very cool, dude. That's awesome that you have that. It's uh, I know for me, it's uh, where did I put it? There's somewhere over here. You saw earlier on the Instagram live my uh, my own AEW toy (laughs) championship, and I got the old Wien Eagle uh, WWE championship from the 80s and 90s (laughs) in the house. But I've thought about maybe one day I'll get like an actual championship or something. Like if I had to get one. Either it would be the Wing Eagle Championship or the Attitude Era WWE Championship because those are like two from my childhood and teenage years. So I think we had the discussion before, right? <laughs> like best looking title design. So uh, one day I, I will actually maybe uh, buy one for uh, for the household here and then have it for uh, future videos and whatnot. So, but no, once again, Philip, it's really cool to talk to you once again. Miss you and uh, uh, a lot to talk about. AEW Full Gear 2020 is in the books. Now, and like we always do, we kind of give our initial thoughts and then we'll go down through the card. And so let's just jump right into it, man. So, yeah, you kind of your initial uh, takeaways, uh, how you're feeling post show and just how you think the show was overall. Uh, well, I thought it was better than All Out. I can go on record and say that. Yeah, I, I gave it a B overall. I, I give grades over on the BC. Okay. I, Give it to be. I thought it was cool, you know, for three hours and like forty something minutes. It did move at a nice pace. Mm-hmm. It really did. I mean, there was some slow, clunky stuff, which we are going to talk about yeah. um, once we start talking about matches. But overall, I, th- I thought it was cool. I thought it was very good. Yeah, I'm with you. I think overall, I think the vibe and the energy and the pacing was so much better compared to All Out two months ago. I felt this show just from start to finish had a great lineup, even going before. The show starts looking online. A lot of people were predicting, is this the best top to bottom lineup of matches for an AEW pay-per-view in their short existence of what as a company in the last year and a half? And arguably it is as far as like all star recognizable big names. I think so. And a lot of the matchups are, are some dream matchups we've been wanting for a while now. So uh, from that standpoint, it's arguably, yeah, the best lineup of talent on one show under the AEW umbrella, which is great. Um, I thought the matches overall, most of them were awesome and very hard hitting competition was great. Uh, of course, once again, AEW. So to, for, okay. Backtrack in this pandemic era to WWE's credit, their pay-per-views or WWE network events, whatever you want to call it. They, been really tight as far as keeping it under three hours from start to finish from the four o'clock start time here on the west coast and wrapping it up by 7 p.m our time at the latest i love that it's you know it's gonna be three hours they've been very consistent uh, from start to finish aew they've been their pay-per-views have averaged almost about four hours on a regular basis and that's not counting the buy-in so today, the buy-in started at 4 o'clock our time. The main show started at 5 p.m. our time here on the West Coast. And then wrapped up at what? I think it was uh, about almost 9 o'clock, like 8.45, roughly. So, Philip, you know, we had like almost five hours, four hours and 45 minutes of like AEW content today. So it's definitely a lot to uh, sit through and uh, take up a large portion of your day. But... We made it through it. Maybe they just feel, you know, since it's it's a pay-per-view, they want to give you the best uh, uh, bang for your buck. But it's definitely a little bit long. And 
there's a couple of matches. Maybe I wish they kind of maybe kept to the buy-in and just to kind of cut down the main show. But I'm with you. Overall, I, I think it was it went by much faster compared to All Out as far as length and whatnot. Uh, so let's just go ahead and jump into it. So the the buy-in, uh, it only had one match this time around. All Out, they had two matches. This one, they only had one. It was Serena Deep, who's the current AE, oh, excuse me, NWA Women's Champion, taking on Allison Kay. And uh, Serena Deeb got the victory here, retained the championship. Uh, but overall, I, I, I love this match. How about you? Uh, yeah, I, I I gave it a C plus. I gave it a C plus. Okay. I thought I thought it was fine. You know, uh, glad Serena Deep's really starting to show off what she can do. I mean, the most notable thing she did was the Straight Edge Society, like we talked about <laughs> earlier on um, in the Instagram live. Yeah. Uh, but I, we we all knew Allison K wasn't going to win. She's no longer with the NWA. She's a free agent. Uh, with that being said, uh, Tony Khan signed her up because you, you need. You need talent. You need talent in the women's division. Yeah, that's something we mentioned earlier on the Instagram live. Is like uh, I, I seen this on like on Instagram or excuse me on Twitter. Was in some ways this is kind of maybe like a tryout for Allison K for AEW. So it, yeah, it was kind of interesting. This match was kind of announced what this past week, and also Allison K announced that she's a free agent and and. and it doesn't make sense that she just announced she left NWA to be a free agent and all of a sudden be in a title match for that championship. It wouldn't make sense for her to win it right back and go back to a company she just left from. So that kind of, I think, foreshadowed that she wasn't going to win here from a booking standpoint. But more or less, like I said, it was just, I think, an opportunity for her to perform in front of an AEW audience and for management there. And I loved it. I, I mean, I love Allison K. Like, I love her size. Like, she's tall. She's hard hitting. And Serena Deeb, who's a very technical wrestler. And we all know Serena Deeb, very talented. She was most recently, what, uh, a teacher or, or a, uh, over at the Performance Center for WWE before she got let go. And so she knows her stuff. And so the two of them, I, I love the clashing of styles. And so I thought it was just a great kind of opening match just to kind of kick things off for the night. And like you said, Tony Khan, you need to sign Allison Case because I think she would be an amazing upgrade for that women's division. The women's division needs a lot of help right now. So I think adding her, having Serena Deeb there. Also, at the end, you know, we saw Thunder Rosa come out and point at the NWA championship and have a little stare down and talking back and forth with Serena Deeb. So. Is this going to lead to like a, a, another match between the two of them for the NWA Women's Championship on AEW television? <laughs> so it, it, this is something we mentioned earlier was like it's, it's funny how AEW is giving more time and storyline to the NWA Women's Championship than their own in-house championship with uh, Kushida. And we'll get into that more in, with her respective match later in the card. So it's just a little funny observation for me that I noticed. So. Uh, but I'm still excited. If we can get Allison K, Thunder Rosa on AEW television on a regular basis, I'm all for it. Sign them up. Do what you got to do. I know Thunder Rosa, it was announced she's on a contract through 2021. So, But for Serena D, right there, the three of them, that makes your women's division a lot stronger. So uh, let's jump into the main show for the night. And kind of a shocker for me, as far as this being the first match of the main show, it's... Uh, Kenny Omega taking on his former tag team partner, Hangman Adam Page, for the finals of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. And, man, I don't know about you. I mean, 
in, it, it's one of my favorite matches of the night. Um, talk about just hard hitting and just starting to show off with a bang. Like I really like how they just both came out swinging a lot of motion. You could tell was being poured out. They were, I think kind of uh, leaving it all out there in the opening match. what do you think of this show or this match? Um, it, it was a nice way to start off the, 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 um, the show, you know, get, get one of the bigger matches out of the way. But, uh, as I texted you, I thought it was kind of underwhelming. You know, it, uh, I gave it a, I gave it a B if, if they had yeah. gone about like five, six, seven, eight more minutes and really hit that upper echelon, uh, that these two guys are uh, used to hitting, then I, th- I would have given it an A it would have been a barn burner. Uh, yeah. they, they had me believe that, uh, hangman was going to kick out of the one winged angel. Just, just kind of like his, um, the way his leg was covering his arm, mm-hmm. he wasn't like truly like putting all his weight on him. I'm like, oh wait, wait, are we gonna, are we gonna see an upset here? But no, yeah. no, that didn't happen. All in all, Kenny Omega, the best about machine, the cleaner. Um, he's the number one contender for the AEW World Title. Don Callis from Impact Wrestling, yeah. on commentary. So AEW in in this uh, night alone worked with NWA and Impact Wrestling, and of course they worked with New Japan earlier in the year with uh, John Moxley and Chris Jericho. AEW's on the right track. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. So also at the start of the match, it was announced Don Callis was there joining them on the commentary desk and said Kenny Omega invited him as his guest, which was awesome. And But the fact that he had the Impact Wrestling EVP name under his, his name there, the job title, and, you know, even Jim Ross says, hey, you guys are doing a great job with everything over Impact Wrestling. So, for them, that was a great little plug advertisement for Impact Wrestling. And I tweeted this out earlier. I mean, the fact that AEW has publicly acknowledged NWA, Impact, New Japan, it, it, it it's I think it's great from, uh, you know, kind of similar to the old school territory days where ter- different territories were worked together. And so in 2020, I think it's it's very similar. And hopefully maybe one day. You know, if they're all, you know, on good terms, maybe they can put on like a big super show together. All these promotions working together and have these like fantasy dream matches take place and and whatnot. I think it'd be very cool. So I think it's just cool. Like, listen, in pro wrestling, I think for me in the majority of my life, it's always been WWE and no one else. I mean, if you watch WWE long enough, you know, they don't acknowledge anyone else. If you had history outside of WWE they don't talk about it. they might say they might reference the country that you used to wrestle in a lot in but they don't talk about anything your backstory whatnot that's so true because I mean when AJ Styles first got to WWE he was born he learned how to wrestle wrestle in Japan for a little bit now he's here yeah you, you know that kind of stuff and for I'm mean, like I was born in 96 I started watching wrestling in 04 yeah. WWE is all I know and of course like I discover impact a few years in but like the, that's the biggest company that I know. That's the only game. And for this company to acknowledge all these other companies and these talents and their past history with uh, different guys and in uh, promotions and not mm-hmm. even like just New Japan and stuff like talking about they were talking about Silver and Orange Cassidy, which we're going to get into. <laughs> oh, they've wrestled once before at this indie show on this date here. I'm like, yeah. that's cool to me. Yeah, we need to like they don't. They're not like, oh, this is the first time ever they're doing it. No, like they've done this before. Well, it's very much like I think WWE tries to control their own narrative and that they're the only game in town. That they're the only promotion in their own universe, in their own world, and so like like. 
it, it's interesting that for for uh you know for for WWE it's like all they ever talk about is what your time in WWE, what you've done there. Like, look at Finn Balor. I mean, God, he had a huge run in New Japan. He started the Bullet Club. They never talk about that. They said, yeah, he wrestled in Japan. That's it. And so, I mean, I, I guess I kind of understand the strategy behind that. It's like, we're not going to promote the competition. We're not going to talk about them. We're the biggest company in the world. Everyone else is below us. We don't need to talk about it. We don't want to lose any eyeballs to anywhere else. I get that. But at the same time, you got to realize the fans are smart and they know that there's other promotions out there. We all have different interests. We all like different promotions for different reasons. And so at least for AEW's credit, they're acknowledging other promotions. And I think that's cool. And I respect that. And it just shows that they all can get along. They all can exist. Like I have friends at other radio stations and I love talking to them about their jobs there at different, uh, you know, different stations, what goes on there. We all can be friends. We all can get along. I know at the end of the day, there is competition. You know, everyone is trying to be the top dog of their respected industry. But at the same time, I think you know, th- this world needs just more friendly existence. Friend, Everyone can be friends. So I think for AEW, like I said, it's just cool that they are, you know, I want to say like a working agreement, but at least they take the time and work together and people can do stuff together and appear at different places and whatnot. So Don Callis can appear at this show. Uh, uh, you know, other guys can appear over in New Japan. So I, I think it's great for the business as a whole. You know, people appearing at NWA. I think it's just great. It just shows, one, there are independent contractors in some way. So they are they should have the freedom to go wherever they want. So I think it's just it's great. And I hope AEW keeps going on with this because then it helps everyone else thrive. And if the other promotions can can exist and it helps pr- improve uh, them as a company and maybe gets them uh, can last a little bit longer, then it, it, it gives people more opportunity to wrestle in other places and everyone can make money and just succeed at this. So I'm all for that. Uh, for, the, yeah, for the match itself, um, man, I thought it was very hard hitting. It was very intense. You could tell that they both are pissed off at each other, so they're just laying it into it. Uh, Kenny Omega got the victory with his finisher. I, I'm with you, though. I really felt like it could... I thought it was going to go on for, like, 30 minutes or something, and so I was anticipating it to go on a little bit longer. So when the match ended when it did, I was like, oh, man, they easily could have done, like, an extra 5, 10 minutes, and no pun intended, gone into that next gear, but they never did. So I don't know if because they kind of held back because they are the opener. So they didn't want to take time off from anyone else on the show. Um, overall, I, I did enjoy it. And, you know, Kenny Omega is now the new number one contender and will be taking on the champion at a later date. So that's going to be fun to see. And then Hangman Adam Page, where does he go from here? I'm sure he's going to be a little bit, uh, you know, down on himself. And that's probably going to be a storyline for a little bit of how he's going to try to collect himself and get some new confidence and hopefully get a big run soon. So we shall wait and see. Uh, next up was Orange Cassidy taking on John Silver of the Dark Order. This originally was going to be on the buy-in, but it got bumped up. Um, I don't know about you, Philip. I mean, it was a good match for what it was. It didn't necessarily blow me away. I personally, I tweeted this out. I think it could easily just stayed on the buy-in. <laughs> I know Orange Cassidy, he's been getting a lot of attention over the last couple of months with his rivalry with Chris Jericho, getting a lot of TV time on Dynamite. And so maybe they thought having him on the buy-in was kind of 
little bit of a backwards momentum. They want to keep that momentum going, have them appear on the main show. But I don't know. I just felt like this buildup was kind of just, or this match was kind of thrown together. And if that's the case, it should just stay on the buy-in. I mean, I'm a big fan of John Silver, and I thought he performed great, even though he lost. Orange Cassidy picked up the victory here. I thought John Silver, though, showed off his strength. Uh, the two of them were very entertained, trying to you know show some comedic styles back and forth. Uh, I felt like this was a very indie match, a match you would see on the indie scene. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but um, for John Silver, I'm just happy for him that he got a moment to shine on this large stage of this pay-per-view. He does great things on being the lead if you watch him there. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, one question I did have, though, Brody Lee, he wasn't there. I didn't see him. So that was kind of interesting. No Brody Lee presence on this show. But what what'd you think of this match? Uh, I mean, Orange Cassidy versus Johnny Hungry or <laughs> the Meat Man, as he's now known. Go go go! Check out the buy-in, kids. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it could have. Hell, this could have just been on Dynamite. Honest, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. It, like with the whole pay-per-view model they're going for, not everybody gets a spot to shine. Mm-hmm. Use, the, use the takeover model. Five matches. Yeah. All your titles, and then one one non-title that yeah. has a meaningful. Or you can throw six. Whichever yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the main show alone, there were eight matches. That's way too many. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, this isn't WrestleMania, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. Listen, I know they only have four pay-per-views a year, which I respect. I love that model of, like, a pay-per-view every two to three months, like once a quarter. It gives that much more uh, value, importance of these pay-per-view. It's like they don't happen that often, so when they do happen, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be very important matchups. But like I said, this matchup, like you said, easily could have been, like, on the first hour of an episode of AEW Dynamite. So, uh, I, I mean, both guys are awesome, respectively. But, yeah, at best, buy-in. So, And, yeah, it could have kept the, the main show to eight matches only. So, it did its job. Orange Cassidy, cool, got the victory. Best friends came in, hugged him. So, good for them. Um, and, yeah, so we'll see what happens next. Uh, for them. Uh, next up was uh, Darby Allen taking on Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. Um, Darby Allen, like, by the way, before I forget, I really enjoyed the video packages for each match, kind of like, you know, summarizing what's been going on to get to where we're at now. Uh, I just love all of them. I felt like from a story standpoint, beautifully shot, put together the music, all of it. It was really cool. And so for this match, we get to see a lot of Darby Allen stuff and their history together and all the skateboard montages and whatnot. I love how he came out to the ring with the car and he smashed the window and it said the face of TNT. That's kind of like the big story here of like Cody is like the was it the prince of pro wrestling and Darby Allen's kind of like the complete 180, the opposite, like rebel punk rocker, skateboarder, black and white paint, like he would not fit the, the the prototype of what the face of AEW on TNT should be. So that's the story they're telling here. Um, Cody had his big, you know, pop entrance. Very dram- What do you think of his new dramatic style entrance since he's been back? Where it's like we get into the music, but first it's like the red, dark. Uh, the 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 lights go down, the red light, and it's like the oh, very dramatic it's, entrance. It's, it's very ominous, and I like yeah. that. I, I I do like that. You know, for the longest time he he had the uh, 
wrestling is more than one royal family thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like at indie shows, but but I love it. And Cody Rhodes <laughs> got his last name back, baby. Yeah, yeah. You, you learn you learn to love it. You, I I thought it was really cool. And you know, with this whole introduction, you know, he's the TNT champion, the Ameri- the Prince of Pro Wrestling, the American Nightmare, Cody. Like it just it felt big, and Cody's matches always do feel big. But uh, all in all, with this match, I I gave it a uh, I gave it a B plus. Mm-hmm. I did because you know uh, they've been telling his story over the last couple weeks of uh, Arn being the coach and telling his arrogant uh, his arrogant wrestler, hey, don't get cocky out there, get yeah. serious. And me as a coach, I can relate to that. I've had <laughs> moments where I've had to tell a kid on the mat, hey, get serious. Yeah, and it it's cost them like it did Cody here. Yeah. He, he, got too arrogant didn't really take darby seriously and boom now darby allen is the champion of america's greatest network yeah i actually stepped out of the room so they were kind of rolling each other up right and then finally darby held him down long enough to get the pin there is that what happened yeah yeah he he got him he he got him got too cocky made a mistake got caught yeah because i saw earlier like he was doing the push-ups and all that stuff and Arn's like dude stop that like focus on the match Get the victory. Don't be like BSing around. You know, for you doing push-ups, you could be attacking him more. So I get all that. So it, it's uh, it's very interesting, and I wonder if that's going to lead to uh, some more tension between Arn and Cody. And I know Cody keeps teasing maybe a heel turn at some point. Maybe this will lead to it finally. Now, who knows? But uh, yeah, we'll shall we and see. I want to throw this out here to you. Okay, the American Nightmare Cody can't challenge for the AEW title. Oh yeah. But can Cody Rhodes? I, dude, I, I'm glad you said that. So, yeah, I, I geeked out too. So, we mentioned on the IG Live earlier today. So, it came out. Cody was able to get the rights back to the Cody Rhodes name fully. So, he can now go by Cody Rhodes. He said, I think it was the media call uh, the other day, that he doesn't necessarily maybe want to use Cody Rhodes in the ring, but instead for more like, outside of the ring project so like when he does tv work or movies or anything else he can go by cody Rhodes there uh but uh but many that said for in the ring he he says he likes how uh uh roberts uh says uh the american nightmare cody so now but then see at the pay-per-view tonight Roberts said, uh, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. So he said Cody Rhodes. So maybe Cody said that a couple days ago just to kind of downplay it and maybe uh, trick us into thinking, oh, we're not going to hear it at uh, full gear. But sure enough, when we do hear it, it, it was that much more special. So so maybe he was just that was his way of kind of tricking people uh, to make them not just assume that was going to be the case. But. When he said it, I I marked out so hard. I was so happy to hear Cody Rhodes finally being announced on AEW television. I mean, have you ever heard anybody pop louder for a name than the crowd? No, there about, no. There are about a thousand people there, but you you could hear it. Yeah, you, and by the way, that's the other thing too. Uh, so yeah, it was a thousand people. Is that the largest that they have allowed in to uh, Daly's place for an AEW show thus far in this pandemic? Yeah, because the beginning was like five hundred. Uh, yeah, and they've grad- they've gradually gotten bigger. But tonight, you like, there's been times on Dynamite, like I feel like I don't hear the audience that much. Tonight, you heard them. They were very much part of the show, and even going to to jumping ahead to Jericho's entrance. I mean, you heard them tonight. They had a strong presence there. So I don't know if they just were bare mic'd up. 
they were piping in some noise. I don't know. It just they I felt the audience tonight did a great job of showing people that they were there, making their presence felt. Um but yeah, so for Cody losing the TNT championship, kind of a shocker because he just won it back from Brody Lee a few weeks ago. So I don't know. I mean, I'm happy for Darby Allen and now hopefully he'll get some more TV time on TNT and he can go on a new program with with some people there. Um uh, Cody, I don't know what's next for him though. Like, is it going to explore more of the options of being like, uh, of the, uh, being too cocky now and he's like too busy focusing on other things and not enough on wrestling? What's that going to lead with him and Arn Anderson? Also, we saw, um, uh, uh, Taz and crew come out to the ring. So Taz, along with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, come out, make their presence felt, jump both of them. But they both grabbed the title, a little bit of a tug of war. I thought that was a little interesting. Uh, they take Darby Allen, they're beating him up, and they're going to attempt to like break his arm in the car door of uh, the car that he came out in. But uh, out to come save the day was our boy, the Bay Area Zone, former APW star, Will Hobbs. Came out with a chair to make the save. So I geeked out super hard for Will Hobbs. I thought that was cool. making He was able to make a cameo on Full Gear tonight. And that's the other thing, too. There was a lot of people who made appearances on Full Gear. So even if they weren't in matches, you got to see a lot of the, of the roster tonight. So Will Hobbs, uh, even um, Lance Archer and Jake the Snake cut a promo at one point. Um Private Party, which we'll get into, Santana Ortiz. So a lot of people who didn't have scheduled matches still were able to uh, make an appearance on the show. So it was very much a great representation of the AEW roster. So I was all excited for that. Uh, Next up for the AEW Women's Championship, it was Hikaru Shida defending against Nyla Rose. I mean, I hate to say it, but Philip, I kind of felt this was, you know, worst match of the night. I don't know about you. Yeah, it, I gave it a C minus. It was clunky. It was slow. Yeah, Vicky. I know she had to do her job, but she shouldn't have bumped off of that light tap that Nyla Rose gave her. <laughs> and look, dude, I'm super high on Nyla. I love Nyla Rose. Yeah, I thought she should have been the first woman's champion. You yeah. know, yeah. this. I mean, there was kind of like a ha ha moment where Sheeta tries to pin her, but she pulls her up like when Nyla's been doing it. Uh, her competitors over the last couple of weeks, but this uh, it it, it just—I I didn't feel it. This let me down. Yeah, this match. Like, I'm a big Sheeta fan. I'm a big fan of both of them. Them, her and Nyla Rose. Like, I think they've been the two consistent badasses for this women division that's been really poor over the last year. They've been two of the bright spots, and I'm with you. I think Nyla Rose should have been the first champion when they crowned it last year. No offense to Rio. Rio was <laughs> hardly around. But unfortunately, I think they're doing the same thing for Sheeta. Sheeta's hardly been having a presence over the last few weeks. This match was thrown together last minute. They didn't have much interaction in the ring. And, you know, it was funny. Like, for the video package, all the stuff that they were showing was from, like, uh, Double or Nothing. That was almost six months ago. So it just shows, I mean, you and I know this, that they didn't have any new footage to work with because they did a terrible job building up this match. So that's why I didn't really care emotionally about this one. I mean, look, I'm going to put it to you like this. It's time for Britt Baker to extract yeah. the yeah. T- the, uh, the woman's title from Karu Shida. See what I did there? Extract. Yeah, yeah. I see she's a did. dentist. Yeah, ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Dental humor. You got to love it. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. It, it's like, I mean, I'm happy Shida retained. 
I, I was kind of feeling maybe Nyla Rose was going to win just to give, give it off her. I know she's a more charismatic personality. So that way, maybe kind of put some life into that division. So that way she could be on Dynamite and talk. But I think for Sheeta, they got to do more with her. Okay, now she's retained. Get her back on TV. Like, no offense to the NWA Women's Championship. The amount of time and energy put into that, put that into your own women's title. Unless, I don't know, I'm just, I was thinking, maybe they're going to, uh, 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 we, oh my God, what's the name? When you put two titles together. Um, unify. Unify. Maybe they're going to unify them. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope not, because I think NWA should exist on their own. AEW should do their own thing. But no, for the women's division, they need to start doing more with her and start making Sheeta more charismatic. Give her something to do. Give her some storylines. Cut more promos or maybe, you know, let her speak in Japanese and have a translator. I, I know she's trying to learn English and I give her credit. I respect that. But like maybe let her talk like 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 uh, Asuka does. Asuka does a lot of her promos in Japanese. Maybe let Sheeta do some of that in Japanese and you have a translator or something. I don't know. I, I just want more from this women's division. Bro, subtitles. Yeah, something. There's so much you can do. And it's just, it's frustrating. Listen, I know they only got two hours once a week on TNT. I know they have AEW Dark, but I think the amount of people who watch that versus Dynamite is pretty small, if I had to guess. For Sheeta, as the Women's World Champion, she should be having a strong storyline develop on Dynamite. So they got to give her something to do. I can't stress that enough. Like, put her on Dynamite. Even if it's like a promo here and there, a match here and there, someone attacks her. Maybe a Britt Baker could be the next challenger for it now. Something. Give it something. And and then start building around it. Like, remember, was it Chris Jericho said last year, for any promotion, specifically with AEW's launch, you need like six strong main eventers to build around. And he was specifically talking about, I think, the men's division at the time, you know, with Kenny, Cody, and all. Oh, excuse me, all the first set of hires that they had uh, last year. Apply that philosophy to the women's division. Okay, you got Sheeta, you got Nyla Rose, you got Britt Baker, sign Allison Kay, you got Serena Deeb, get Thunder Rosa in the mix. There's six right there. Dude, you still have Ivelisse and Diamante. Exactly. They were sitting ringside tonight. Yeah, I mean, because you look at like WWE's women's division, NXT, you have. Eos yeah. the champion, Candice, Renee Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley, mm-hmm. uh, Mercedes Martinez, Raw. You look at the people that are there, SmackDown, Sasha's the champ, Bailey, Carmella now. You look at uh, Natty, Riot Squad. You know, you have you yeah. have people you have people that you can throw in the mix. Yeah. Maybe maybe Hikaru, maybe she needs a manager. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's Yo, get Kenta Kobashi. I don't know. Something. Yeah. I mean, but as you said, Eva Lee's and uh, Diamante were ringside. Take Conti, Anna Jay, uh, 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 the, the, the alien girl who got hurt. Uh, 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 Chris, Chris Statlander. Yeah. So she'll be back hopefully, you know, sometime maybe in this year, early next year. Yeah, she was projected to be the, the next big thing, but then she, she got injured. So they got a lot of women talent there. You just got to start making some compelling storylines and you need to build them up on dynamite dark is not cutting it correct dark is for like the maybe the real green talent uh you know what i'd like to see hmm. before Sheeta officially drops the title i'd like to see anna jay get a shot 
Yeah. Like so- it's it's November right now. Build her up in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Like the, like the last episode of Dynamite for the year. Yeah. Anna J versus Hikaru Shida. You know, like just do something different. Yeah. Like feed Shida some people. Like yeah, Anna J one week. Uh, yeah, maybe Diamante another week. You know, every other week she has like a match, like 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 an NXT, like it they'll spread out matches for different people. So Sheeta can have a match one week, the following week maybe a promo, the following week another match, then another promo or a backstage altercation. You know, so like that's like five weeks of television right there. So there's so many different ways to have a presence on dynamite and if you start with her and work around that that's how you start building up the women's division i know earlier today we we're talking about tessa blanchard dude if you're able to get tessa blanchard and thunder rosa and allison k signed up that women's division skyrockets to arguably be one of the best as far as just natural talented now storylines and all that stuff that's a whole nother story but i mean I, I'm just frustrated because I see the potential and I want it to succeed. You know, as a fan, I want it to succeed. I want this to happen. I want the women's division AW to be on par with WWE or NXT or Impact out there. So I just have a lot of passion for it. Um, Nyla Rose did lose. We see Vicky Guerrero confront her in the ring. They were arguing and he, she slaps her and Nyla just took it and just shook her head and walked out with her. Your thoughts on that? Like, is Nyla like, like Vicky's taming the beast in some ways. Hey, you know, Nyla, it's all leading to Nyla hitting a beast bomb on Vicky Guerrero. We know where this is going. (laughs) This is pro wrestling. The, The manager or the, the, um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The manager or whatever. Yeah. They, uh, they they start talking trash to the, the person they're managing, and eventually, mm-hmm. it's kind of like with MJF and Wardo. Eventually, we know Wardo's going to turn on MJF. Yeah, exactly. So if that keeps happening, uh, eventually Nyla's going to turn on Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, next up for the AEW Tag Team Championships, it was FTR defending against the Young Bucks. We discussed it earlier. If Young Bucks lose, they will no longer be allowed to... To challenge for those tag titles, very similar to the stipulation Cody Rhodes put in place last year when he took on Chris Jericho. So, I think a lot of people were assuming Young Bucks were going to win because they would not let two years in a row their two top stars have that stipulation and not be able to challenge for the title ever again. Like Chris Jericho, excuse me, Cody Rhodes, he lost last year. He can't challenge the AEW World Championship anymore. Luckily for him, the TNT Championship came about and he's been more or less the face of that that television title or excuse me that tv title or title itself so um but like as, as i was predicting earlier i was kind of thinking maybe young bucks win on a dq but ftr retains the title so uh, you know it's kind of uh, uh, a little bit of a loophole there it's like well young bucks did win but these didn't win the titles but then the commentaries at one point did say if they don't win the titles then they can never challenge him for that for again. So maybe they just heard a lot of people making that comparison about that. Uh, but dude, I mean, this might have been match of the night. I don't know about you. What were your thinkings of it? 
This, as JR would say, is a slobber knocker. This was absolutely fantastic. I gave it an A+. Plus. It, wasn't <laughs> as, it wasn't as good as the Bucks versus Kenny and uh, Hangman at Revolution, yeah. probably because there was an, like a full-capacity crowd yeah. before the world went to shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, this was very good. I mean, you see... Uh, a 3D, you see a, a, a twist of fate in a swanton. You see uh, moves from the Steiners. You see moves from the Heart Foundation. Even DIY. Yeah. Uh, FTR's greatest rivals in WWE. Yeah. Just a combination of all these uh, great tag teams from the past and then a, a very successful tag team from the present with two teams that have been argued are who's the true best in the world coming together and putting on a very, very good match. And a super kick actually won a match. I know, dude. I was, I was so happy. Yeah, I mean, definitely this match, I think, was a love letter from both teams to pro wrestling and all the tag teams they grew up loving. So it definitely, I love, between the two teams, all the callbacks and spots that were uh, of other teams, great tag teams over the last couple decades, uh, their moves and their spot sets. So it was a great way that they were acknowledging and calling back all these great tag teams and all the great moves that they've done over the years. So like I said, it was a big love letter to just pro wrestling and tag, the tag team division. Um, as you said, you acknowledged all the tag teams. I, I geeked out hard when they did the DIY spot. I was like, Whoa, like acknowledging FTR is like their best matches in WWE worth. We're against DIY at NXT. Um, but the matchup here, the story that they were trying to tell that I really enjoyed was Okay. Young Bucks are known for their high flying. FTR, they're known for uh, 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 the ground and pound. Ground and pound, old school, the uh, uh, no, uh, uh, no flips, just fists mentality. And so, with that being said, Young Bucks were working their hands. Uh, at one point, we saw, um, was it uh, Dax? I'm trying to remember. Is it? Uh, it was. It was. Dax. It was Dax got like the bloody hand and went outside yeah. and got taped up. Um, and then like they were stomping on the hand. Uh, Matt Jackson, we kayfabe has like a hurt ankle, but I think real talk, uh, he has uh, uh, a busted knee. So they were working on the ankle during the match. That way he can like do a lot of high flying stuff. I love that good like first half of the match. They were working half the ring. And Matt Jackson was stuck in their corner and Nick wasn't coming in. He was like getting antsy, wanted to come in, get that hot tag. Finally gets that hot tag. He comes in, starts, saves the day. And that's kind of like Young Bucks' MO. Matt Jackson takes the beating. Nick Jackson gets the hot tag to save the day. So, hey, Nick Jackson has one of the best hot tags in the business. I know. Dude, when he comes in, things... It's, you, it's like out of a video game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I love that. Um just all the spots, I mean, it, like for you and I growing up loving pro wrestling and just all the tag teams that they acknowledge with the different moves, I thought it was so cool. And I mean, I, I, the Steiner Brothers move that they did, the uh, Road Warrior stuff. Uh, even they both did the double sharpshooter at one point. That was great. I mean, I mean, it, it's just all these Easter eggs. That was so cool. Uh, but jumping to the end, though, we see uh, 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 Cash Wheeler. He goes Jump. for that uh that the, springboard 450 and yeah this is actually an Easter egg too I don't know if you heard the when FTR was on the Jericho podcast when they first left WWE but uh you know they talk about their style and Cash was like yeah man I can do 
450s and springboard moves and all that other stuff. I just don't. Maybe I'll break one out this year. And here we are. All these oh. all these months later, he breaks one out, and it eventually costs them. You know, they can't beat the young bucks at their at their regular ground and pound game. So let's try to beat them with their high flying game, and it costs them a springboard four fifty. He missed super kick square on the chin one two three. Young bucks are the AEW tag team champions. And then even at one point before that, Cash was trying to do a super kick as well, and he landed it. And then, uh, but yeah, he tried to go for the splash. And miss. So, you know, they broke their strategy, like the words that they live by, no flips. And they tried to do a flip and it cost them the match. And it was amazing. Matt Jackson landed a super kick with no shoe on, right? It was just his bare sock on um, and got a super kick in and won the match. And here they are. Young Bucks are the new champions. And like, congrats to them. I'm so happy for them. I, I, I'm a little bummed FTR kind of have like a short title reign. I mean, wait, when did they win it? Did they win it at all they out? Won it, yeah, two months ago. So it's only been about two months. So they, I mean, it's, They it's did good. quite a bit. In two, I mean, yeah, I mean, they made their debut, what, the night after Double or Nothing, or the Wednesday after Double or Nothing. So that yeah. was, what, in May. So they've been with the company for about five and a half months, I want to say, and champions for the last two months. That's right, it was all out where they defeated um, Hangman Kenny Omega. So, um... Yeah, no, I, I mean, I enjoyed the title reign. I was kind of thinking it was going to be a little bit longer. But uh, something that came out you and I were talking about was uh, uh, kind of a little bit of a, some, I don't know, interesting words that we could discuss is, uh, let me pull it up real quick. So I think it was Cash. Let me. It was, it was Dax. It was, it was Dax. Dax. He yeah. said he tweeted out physically and emotionally drained to everyone who's been on this ride with us. Thank you. Top guys out. So, I mean, yeah. possibly they take a little bit of a break and, um, you know, they, 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 they stress that, hey, they want to work like Japan. They want to work other places, mm-hmm. you know. I think Japan would be the nice spot to go to right now because they have, like, somewhat full capacity crowds and yeah. it would be a different environment. I mean, them versus the gorillas at Destiny? What? Yeah. So that's interesting tweet right there. So maybe – because didn't they originally say it was like a handshake deal with – with AEW, like I know kayfabe on TV one week, remember they signed those contracts in front of Hangman Page and stuff, but real talk, maybe it was kind of just a short deal. Maybe it was like a a, a six-month deal or something with AEW and because they, they didn't want like a long-term deal because they really want to go out there and challenge other tag teams around the world and other promotions. So if you think about it, in this time period, this five-and-a-half-month period, they took on the Young Bucks, they took on all the other great tag teams, they won the tag titles. So it's like, wham, bam, thank you, man. And then they go back on the road. So I'm with you. Maybe, I mean, I wish NWA was putting on shows. Maybe they can, you know, eventually do something with NWA. Maybe with Ring of Honor. Maybe they can challenge the North at Impact Wrestling at some point. Yeah, New Japan will be amazing. I think New Japan, don't they have like some big tag team tournament or something coming up soon? I'm not quite sure, but they I mean. Could, they could pop in there. Totally. So I think for them, they just want to have some possibilities to explore options out there. I mean, who knows? Maybe we want to go to Mexico. I don't know. Maybe over in the UK. I mean, I'm sure for them, they just want to go out there and just uh, spread their wings and just show how awesome of a tag team they are. So I'm excited for them if that's their just their way of saying, you know, we're going to step away from AEW. And who knows? You know, they, I, I, I'm sure you know, there's no bad blood there. So I'm sure they can easily come back to AEW 
at some point in the near future and you know go after those tag tiles again so i think a lot of great things are 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 in store for them uh next up was the elite deletion match take uh featuring matt hardy take on sammy Guevara over at the hardy compound in north carolina it was uh wow it was a cinematic match which I think was good because considering how intense that tag title match was, it, I think for maybe the crowd in-house, it was kind of a good um, intermission. And I'm sure they just watched the match on the TV screen in there, the big screen there. Um, but yeah, the cinematic match it was. Sammy Guevara traveled out to the Hardy Compound and they had a a, a fight out there. Uh, I was thoroughly entertained. How about you, Philip? Oh, no, I, I enjoyed this, man. I mean... Uh, we we saw we saw Gangrel pop up, you know, Santana and Ortiz. They came out yeah. there, the private party. We saw Hurricane Helms, which I thought WWE owned that character, but I guess not. Mm. Uh, he said, "What's up with that?" I popped for that. Uh, Sammy <laughs> Sammy throws him in the lake in reincarnation, right? Yeah, I would have popped if he came out as his, as his character. Uh, from three count WCW, I would have popped for that. <laughs> well, the thing. So he, he, okay. So Sammy pulls up in the golf cart, Matt runs it over with his monster truck. And then they fight in the dirt in the trees. And then they eventually go to the ring that they had set up there. They're fighting there. Santana Ortiz come out of nowhere, jump them. So it's three on one private party come out save the day. So it's almost three on three. So, Example of Santana Ortiz, Private Party, two tag teams that weren't booked for full gear, but had a presence felt on this pay-per-view. And it kind of turned into like a three-on-three match at that point. And then they're fighting a lot of great spots there, high-flying. The two tag teams are going at it while Hardy and Guevara get out of the ring. They're running. Sammy Guevara (laughs) slips in some mud. I love how Matt... Tells him, get up. We don't want people to think this is a mud show. So a little, I think, a shot at Jim Cornette. Because Jim Cornette likes to make fun of peop- of uh, some of these smaller promotions or backyard shows. Call them, they're just mud shows out there. Uh, uh, it was funny. You know, Matt Hardy takes uh, the fireworks and starts shooting them. Sammy Guevara and Sammy had one. was trying to fire back. I will admit, though, Philip, listen. You know, we live here in the Bay Area. We had some wildfires the last couple years in the area in Northern California. So when I saw them shooting fireworks in a forest, I was a little worried. I was like, I hope, you know, someone puts them out or they don't start a fire out there in North Carolina. I was just a little worried just because of where we live and what we see. So, uh, it was a non flammable forest. Everything was okay. (laughs) And it looked like it was at nighttime and it looked a little wet out there. So maybe the dampness prevented from anything sparking up. So I was, just, you know, I was just like, you know, watch. I was trying to enjoy it, but the back of my head, just based on what we've experienced here in the Bay Area, I was like, no, be careful with those fireworks. But at one point, you know, Hardy was kind of laying into Sammy when he fell. He shot him a few times in the ass, it looked like. And I like how he would shoot up in the sky and use the, the sparks to kind of uh, put some light out there to see where he was going. So I thought it was a cool effect of using that as a weapon. Uh, but yeah, at the uh, Lake of Reincarnation, <laughs> Um, I was hoping, yeah, so Gangrel and Shane or, or Hurricane comes out there and he says, like, I've been waiting for like two years. And he's like, long form storytelling. Do you know what the connection is? I apologize. Was it something in Impact Wrestling? Did they have some storyline there? If that was Impact Wrestling, that'd be like four or three years yeah. ago. Yeah. So I was a little lost with the I, reference. I'm sure. I have no idea. I'm sure. 
some other wrestling site has it fully broken down. I apologize if I don't know that reference. Uh, but Gangrel, it was cool seeing Gangrel. Uh, he used to live here in the Bay Area for a couple years, years ago. So I, I've, I've met him before. Um, but yeah, the Laker reincarnation, I like he threw him in. He came back out. Hurricane came back out like like his Clark Kent persona on WWE. But I, yeah, I'm with you. I would have popped it with throwing him back in there. And he would have came out as a three count from, excuse me, from WCW. So um, eventually they all running towards like a warehouse and uh, Matt and uh, um, who's his, uh, his little flying helicopter. His, uh, is it Neo? Neo? Is Neo, is that the current one? Yeah, because Vanguard one is dead. Yeah. He tells him, shuts the door. So it's just Matt. Sammy and the ref inside this warehouse and you see all the, the little artifacts from past uh uh deletion matches on the compound. Uh but dude, that's when the match really started getting a little hardcore per se, like the ladder and the table spots, even Sammy trying to use the rope to choke out Matt or like tie him up. So this is when it really kind of escalated. Pretty intense there. And I I I enjoyed this part and it looked like uh uh, Sammy or uh, excuse me, Matt was able to get some like return receipts on Sammy, like through the chair in his face, hit him in the face. They went to the table spot again, very similar to All Out, and Sammy busted his head open. And then finally, very much uh, was a what's a um where you you know hit the chair on their head like concerto, concerto like what Randy Orton did for uh for Edge, yeah, and vice versa. And so. Uh, he did that spot and got the pin. So Matt Hardy, uh, defeated Sammy Guevara. Private party came in. They threw him in the trash, threw him in the back of the truck and, uh, got a great cameo from Senor Benjamin. I popped out probably the most for him. That's what I was most looking forward to. So even his wife, uh, Matt's wife played the piano, played the music that we've seen before in the past. And, uh, but yeah, I, I love this match overall is very entertaining. But my question for you is, do you think the cinematic matches have jumped a shark now? No, I mean, Matt Hardy, he's been kind of the innovator of these cinematic matches in this current era of wrestling that we do live in. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what inspired the, uh, the, like the Boneyard matches and the Firefly Funhouse matches and the, uh, the, all, the, and all the other deletions that he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they've jumped the shark. No, I, I think they're, they're fine, especially given the character that Matt Hardy portrays. Yeah. You know the the the, ex, the exuberant ex, eccentric Matt Hardy. Yeah. I think it's fine. I, I really do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not it's not like a Hollywood backlot brawl, which is the OG cinematic match. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I I just think like as long as you space them out, they should be okay. Like if you do one every month or every other month, then it becomes a little overkill. But if you space it out, now. I saw some people complaining about it, like, oh, no, there's cinematic match. Well, keep in mind, you're looking at it like everyone in one pot. Like, WWE did a bunch, now AEW's doing one. But if you think about it, AEW really only done two, right? They've done this one, and then they had uh, 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 the Stadium Stampede, if you want to uh, call it. Baker and uh, Big Swole. Oh. Yeah, so, but you think about it, that's three, but that's spread out over the course of the last six months. So it's three and six months for one promotion. But I get it because you combine that with all the WWE ones. So together, collectively, it seems like a lot. But from a 
just one particular promotion. It's, you know, it's only three in six month time period. So like I said, it's not as bad from that standpoint. Sure. WWE did a lot at the beginning of the pandemic, but they kind of cooled back a little bit now. So I think for them, they have Thunderdome, so they don't have so much a reason why they need to film stuff outside because Thunderdome is amazing to film inside as a huge TV studio for themselves. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think they can still exist as long as you just don't overdo it. Um, I think you need to cool it back a little bit. So like I said, maybe once, maybe every three months, something like that. Uh, if you keep doing it more than that, then I think it will get a little tiring and kind of, uh, you know, especially now you have fans coming in. You want to perform for the fans in-house and they're not sitting there just watching a big jumbo screen. So, you know, I, I think there's a very fine balance or fine line for that. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's good. If we don't see one for the rest of the year, that's totally fine with me. All right, jumping ahead, we got a couple more matches and we'll, before we call it a night. Uh, MJF taking on Chris Jericho. If MJF wins, he uh, earns a spot in uh, the inner circle. Uh, I thought this match you know, for Chris Jericho, to give him credit, man, uh, the dude was still doing lion salts and uh, uh, like a Frankenstein right off the top rope there. I mean, he's still going out and what? I think his birthday is in a couple days and I think he's turning 50. Like, so he's still going out there and just kicking ass. So yeah, what do you yeah, think of this match? He's still doing mat moves he did 30 years ago. That, that, that's <laughs> not many people can say that. Yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I mean, but you know, this, this has been in the, in the making for quite some time. MJF realized, you know, if, if you want to be successful here, you, you got to need to join a faction. So he's been trying to, get in the inner circle and they had Le Dinner Debonair, which it's not as bad as people said it was. I thought, yeah. I, th I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me, I'm, I'm not a fan of musicals per se, but keep in mind, these are two heels. And so they're trying to do, I think a performance or a segment that will kind of piss off people. That's how I kind of interpret it. And I mean, I, I look at it like they're the only two people that could have pulled that off. Yeah. I mean, Jericho is a front man for Fozzie and, and MJF. And I he could have a career on Broadway. I know, right? Dude, he has pretty good pipes on him. So. I mean, I, I got some vocals, too, you know. But oh, really? We're, 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 not, we're not going to go there. Maybe we'll have to go karaoke sometime, do we? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, uh, g getting back to the match, I mean, yeah. I, I gave it a B. I thought it was fine. Um, Jericho, you know, or, or no, MJF gets the Dynamite Dozen Ring from Wardlow, mm -hmm. and then uh, Jericho gets the bat from us, uh, uh, not ooh, Hager. Uh, Hager, Hager, yeah. Almost used the other name. And then uh, MJF <laughs> was like, uh uh. So he flips him off. He does the Eddie uh, plays dead. Jericho's like, no, 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 that didn't happen. MJF rolls him up. One, two, three. Maxwell Jacob Friedman is now a part of the inner circle. I know. I'm, uh, uh, I think we all kind of knew MJF was going to win this. And it's just interesting. So even though they, you know, beat each other's ass for 15, 16 minutes, afterwards, they hugged it out and Jericho raised his hand and said, yeah, welcome to the inner circle. And they started playing inner circles music. So like, and they walked off together all happy. So I'm like, okay, then. So I guess Jericho is cool getting a loss, but I guess he figures he's picking up two guys now for the inner circle. Cause he said MJF and Wardlow are part of the inner circle. So we'll see how this goes. What turmoils is going to lead to obviously Sammy Guevara, it doesn't want him there and you know he might piss off the other guys and so eventually maybe inner circle falls apart and maybe mjf keeps a couple members with him and the other guys follow jericho 
So it could be like a little civil war there. So yeah, we'll see how this plays out. This is, I think, a, a fine story to keep those guys busy for easily for what next couple months if they if, if they write it that long so looking forward to that last but not least the main event for the aew world championship john moxley defending against eddie kingston in an i quit match this match was definitely hard hitting and i'm like at the point now has moxley done more hardcore related matches than regular matches in aew now yes right i mean i'm like I'm at the point where the shock value is not there for me anymore. Like when they brought the bag out of of thumbtacks, I'm like, oh my god, what's in there? Oh, thumbtacks, duh. I mean, it's so obvious. But uh, no, it was hard hitting. Eddie Kingston with the the Green Ranger outfit of the night. I thought he looked like a member of the Spirit Squad. Yeah, it was a tri- it was a tribute to one of his favorite uh, Japanese wrestlers. I forgot the guy's name. Uh, Vinny. Uh, Masuro, he tweeted it out. Uh, oh my god, I forgot the name already. I, I yeah, I, I forgot the guy's name. Yeah, but no, the outfit. I was like, okay. I mean, cool if, if you're trying to pay respect to someone. But I think for a world championship match like that, like I think just a lot of people who don't know that wrestler, instead they'll just look at the just a Kingston's presentation in the outfit and be like. That looks kind of ridiculous. I think he would look better in some other gear. So he looked kind of, I, I think a lot of people online were like saying, what the F? Like, why are you wearing that in a big moment? So I think it was a little goofy on his part. Um, the match itself was hard hitting. You know, they had some hardcore moments going through some tables. Uh, the thumbtack spot, Moxley, you know, got suplexed into it. And then Eddie Kingston, I thought it was very creative. Brought out some rubbing alcohol, dumped it on the open wound, so that sting effect. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, cool. I, I've never seen that before. I thought that was very creative. If he had brought out some, uh, oh, oh my god, salt in the wound. <laughs> yeah, salt in the wound. No, no, no. The uh, some peroxide. It would have like the cuts would have foamed up, and I'd be ah. like, oh, would be like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> like something dastardly like that. But uh, I mean, you know, he gets barbed wire, puts it around his hand, mm. kind of like the the Mick Foley Terry Funk thing, and punches the guy yeah uh all in all john he gets the barbed wire wraps it around eddie kingston's face with the uh, uh bulldog. bulldog bulldog choke and he gets the win and maybe eddie didn't actually say i quit you know his gimmick is i didn't lose check the rules yeah so okay i i thought for like moxley's matches at times i kind of tune out a little bit I try because I feel like okay, he kind of is now starting to do the same thing over and over. He's trying to incorporate hardcore stuff, and this match, like okay, like he he's putting that chokehold on him, and I just felt it was kind of anticlimactic how it played out. And I was just kind of like they could have done so much more. Like I saw someone on Twitter, I think it was, and said it would have been such more more impactful if maybe. You know, like I don't know if they were able to can mic it up better, but like maybe Eddie Kingston looking at the ref and says like, "I'm sorry, mom, but I have to. I quit." Like you know, because they've been referencing his mom in some of these promos, so maybe he apologized to his mom, says like, "I'm sorry, mom, but I quit. I quit. I quit." But yet yeah, they didn't. He didn't say it. I got. I didn't hear anything. So the ref, I get the ref. Maybe he stopped it because he's trying to protect the wrestler. You know, sometimes these wrestlers, you know, very much like in UFC or whatever, like they, they won't actually quit. You got to look out for their best interests and their health. And so maybe that's something they'll follow up on Dynamite this week. Maybe 
Kingston will call out that ref and be like, hey, why'd you stop the match? I didn't say I quit. And he says, well, I got to look out for the best interests of the wrestler. So that's I'm anticipating what's going to happen. Nonetheless, though, it's still, I thought it was kind of an anticlimactic way to end this pay-per-view, which up until that point was amazing. So a little bit of a downer. That was one of the, the lowlights for me. So I was kind of hoping he would like clearly yell out, I quit, I quit. Didn't get that. So, um, but overall, good matchup here. And then we saw Kenny Omega come out, you know, casually walk out and they just stare each other down. So it looks like Eddie Kingston's already going to be pushed to the side. All attention now on Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Philip, early predictions, who's going to win this match? Has to be Kenny Omega. Has to be, he, right? He's the best bout machine. You know, totally. he, he's the best wrestler that's not from North Carolina. What's up with the North Carolina thing? I don't know. There's just references. I don't, I don't get that. Um, I was just going to say, though, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think Kenny Omega is going to be the one to finally take the title off John Moxley. And then... Uh, Moxley, I don't know what's next for him. Does he take some time off from AEW? Does he go back to New Japan, defend that U.S. championship in some capacity? Uh, I don't know. But I think after he loses, you take him off TV for a while and like make people miss him again. That's my big thing. And then Kenny Omega goes on a tear as the champion. I don't know when that, that match is going to take place. They did announce Revolution. Their next pay-per-view is going to be Saturday, February 27, 2021. So that's... What let's see, December, January, February. It's you know over three, three and a half months away. So that's a long time. So I don't know. Maybe their matchup can happen earlier. Maybe you know <laughs> end of this month. Maybe December. Because you know you saw New Brian Year, New Year's edition of Dynamite. Do it there. Yeah, I mean you saw like okay, like Brian Cage. He won the Casino Battle Royal. He fought Moxley a few weeks later. Lance Archer. He won. Uh, the, that battle royal he was in and had challenged Moxley not too soon after. So maybe with Kenny Omega, maybe they have their matchup sooner than later. So I'm all for that. You know, if they want to get the title off him sooner and then that way Kenny can go on a tear as champion. So exciting stuff. Overall, I love this pay-per-view so much fun. I'm actually going to go back and try to watch a couple matches over again. Just there was so much to see as we're all trying to do live tweeting and all that stuff. So kudos to everyone involved and thank you, AEW for putting on an awesome pay-per-view. So, all right, let's go home and let's go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. Philip, where can all the clicks just find you online? Uh, heel Antoine, H E E L A N T W I N E on the Twitter, on the Twitter, on the, on the Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, the Bullycast Instagram and YouTube at Bullycast on Twitter. Diamonds are forever. So is the microphone messiah, Huey, at Survivor Series. I'm coming for my championship. <laughs> I'm on a, was it a month winning streak now or, or title reign? Yeah. How long is it now? But I, I have no idea. I have to look. <laughs> and I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Follow in the click on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Please rate, comment, share the podcast. That helps out so much. Thank you to all the clicksters out there and everyone else who's been sharing, liking, commenting on everything we've been doing thus far to this point. We appreciate all the love and support. And on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so.